0: You can be seated. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful presence of the Lord here this morning. Amen. Thank you for our guests and our returning guests. Thank you so much. If you have a chance, please join us in the guest reception. We'd love to learn more about you and kind of give you a little bit of who we are. I kind of want to read through the passage first here. Uh, you're probably wondering what I'm doing here. What's going on? And that's my favorite place to be. <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah 13, 20. And this is the NLT version. Um, Babylon will never be inhabited again, and it will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomads will refuse to camp there And shepherds will not bed down their sheep. Next verse. Desert animals will move into the ruined city. And the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Owls will live among the ruins. And wild goats will go there to dance. Hyenas will howl in its fortress. And jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. And it's time of destruction will soon arrive. And my title this afternoon is the haunted house of Babylon. The haunted house of Babylon. Jesus, we love you, God. I pray, God, that you would be with us here in this service. Your presence and your spirit is already working, Lord. We trust in you, Jesus, And we trust God in your spirit, God, as it continues to move, Lord, and continue to be with us, Jesus. We love you. We love you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My wife asked me, she said, what are you preaching about today? I said, about a haunted house. She's like, I don't even know why I ask. Why do I even ask? The haunted house of Babylon. It's interesting, in verse 21... It talks about these howling creatures. It's The word there is achim, which can be translated a couple of ways. It could be translated as goats, demons. You know, it could be also translated as ostriches. So it's this is just to tell you how, how difficult it is sometimes with translations and understanding the Hebrew. Again, it's not... The, it's not impacting the larger message of the gospel or anything like that. But there are these words where people are just like, I don't know how to... So it's so I don't know if they're demon goats that are running around, or they're demon ostriches, or, or just ostriches, and they're just howling. Um, but it is interesting, that word there. Um, and there's all kinds of... If you read all the translations, everybody just kind of picks something. Um, everybody picks something, so... Uh, in the in the King James version, it talks about, it uses a goddess. Um, so, well, there you go. It just you r- brings out a goddess and puts that there as a translation. Um, but again, we're talking about haunted houses. Haunted houses first began to appear in the United States around 1915 as part of a circus act, where people were given the chance to test their bravery and into enter, enter into these haunted houses. The houses became more mainstream during the Great Depression as idle youngsters needed something to keep them engaged, and parents created their own community haunted houses to keep the kids from vandalizing people's properties during Halloween. However, haunted houses didn't become professional until, of course, Mr. Walt Disney opened their own haunted house in 1969 called the Haunted Mansion. And it was a state-of-the-art haunted house with realistic ghouls and ghosts projected on ballroom ceiling the number of haunted houses exploded after disney's attraction and it showed that there could be made great profit in scaring people americanism came in and we thought about consumerism and we decided to sell it soon the enterprise became part of halloween where adults and teenagers alike purchased tickets and experienced the horrors of being scared by ghosts and goblins and scary creatures in the middle of the night. Consumerism in America needed to experience fear in new ways, and it caused the industry to grow. Now there's haunted houses, and there are haunted houses nowadays, day and age, where you have to sign a waiver to go through them, knowing full well that if you have a heart attack, you cannot sue them. Tickets for these places can cost anywhere from $50 up to $200 to go in. That's correct. $200 to have a heart attack. An interactive experience where you are tortured for a cost. Fear has become a product sold to those who are willing to buy it. The haunted house. Selling fear. Fear. It has become a $300 million business enterprise, and that number is based on 2013 numbers. So with inflation, I'm sure it's even higher than that. But the haunted house in Babylon is different. This is very different. While we're talking about modern haunted houses, and we see them outside, and we see people go to those, it causes you to be afraid And I actually had a co-worker of mine do one of these haunted houses where you signed the waiver. She said after the second punch to the face, she decided to not go through with it. I'm not making that up, folks. I'm being serious. And it was $100 to get in there. I'm in the wrong business. I know. I know. I should be punching people for money. The haunted houses. Fear. Afraid. Being tortured. But the haunted house of Babylon is different. Let's paint the picture here. You are walking in the middle of Times Square in New York, and God gives you a vision that it is abandoned and desolate. The buildings are run down, and the forest that once was there has finally reclaimed the city as time and nature began to eat away the concrete and steel. You would be shocked and thought you were losing your mind, but that is exactly what Isaiah was saying to these people who are in captivity in the city that forced them to move. They didn't have a choice in moving to Babylon from their home in Israel. They were forced to walk all the way to this foreign city that they did not understand, to a culture that they did not understand. Then they were oppressed by that culture. At large, their beliefs and everything they believed ensued in contrary to what Babylon believed, and they stood out by everybody else. They were oppressed. And mental bondage. And here they are walking the streets of Babylon. And Isaiah says this prophecy that everything here you see is going to fall apart. You think he's lost his mind. It is interesting. The Hebrew Bible around this time, that's when it kind of comes together. And if you really look at the letters in Hebrew, it's actually Babylonian letters. They just adopted their alphabet. Um... But here's this prophecy. They're either hearing or they're reading it from Isaiah, and they're shaking their head saying, no way could this happen. This is the most happening city there is, and we are the center of the world. It is an amazing city where the Persians conquered the city. They made it one of their capitals. It was not until the conquest by the Muslim army in the 600 AD that the city was eventually abandoned, and now it is a place in ruins, empty howling creatures haunting this desolate ground what was once a thriving city is now empty of all human life it's fascinating so some would say well obviously this was written after it was destroyed You know, those people who don't believe in prophecy. Well, actually, if you read about it, this was written either during the time or after the Babylonian captivity. And the city wasn't destroyed until way later on, back in 600 AD, when the Hebrew Bible was already out. Well, that's easy. Then the, the, what happened must the Christians must have forced it to happen to prove the prophecy. Well, no, actually, it wasn't the Christians. It was the Muslims. They conquered the place. Well, easy. The Muslims must have seen that. It, it's a prophecy. And so they did that. Actually, they didn't. They built another city, and it was destroyed by e- economics. So the economy was eventually what tanked the city down. For those of you who don't believe God exists or prophecies, there you go. I just went through run rundown and tell you this was, prof- this was prophetic. And it happened. You can go there right now. Mr. Saddam Hussein, who probably would have been elected if he was in the United States, he decided to rebuild the Babylonian city because he wanted it as a tourist attraction. And right now there's a bunch of um, uh, museums and things there trying to bring people back to this amazing city. But nothing lives there now. And it's interesting. We're talking about, again, this, this idea of haunted houses fear. What it's selling is fear. But if we continue to read the passage describing what will happen to Babylon, the great city that's destroyed, that was causing all this havoc to happen. But if we continue to read in Isaiah 14, and I'm going to go read the net version. The Lord will certainly have compassion on Jacob and he will again choose Israel as his special people and he will restore them to their land. It is interesting that Jerusalem is still around. It's not only around, it's actually thriving. There's all kinds of conflict and people killing each other, but it's still there. It's still there. Resident foreigners will join them and unite with the people of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them back to their own place. Then the family of Israel will make foreigners their servants as they settle in the Lord's land, and they will make their captors captives and rule over the ones who have oppressed them. And when the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and anxiety, from the hard labor that you were made to perform, you will taunt the king of Babylon with these words, Look how the oppressor has met his end. Hostility has ceased. The Lord has broken the club of the wicked and the scepter of rulers. Its furious struck down nations with unceasing blows. It angrily ruled over a nation, oppressing them without restraint. The whole earth rests and is quiet, and they break into song. The evergreens also rejoice over your demise, as do the cedars of Lebanon, singing. Since you fell asleep, no woodsman comes up to chop us down. Sheol, or as they like to call, you know, hell, where well, what we think it is. Below is stirred up above you, ready to meet you when you arrive. It rouses the spirits of the dead for you, and all the former rulers and I'm sorry, leaders of the earth. It makes all the former kings of the nations rise from their thrones. It's kind of spooky, right? It's all in the Bible, by the way. I'm not making this stuff up. All of them responded to you saying, you too have become weak like us, and now you have become just like us. Your splendor has brought down to Sheol, and as well as the sound of your stringed instruments, you lie on a bed of maggots with a blanket of worms over you. I'm just reading the scriptures, folks. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in there. This is scary stuff. It's amazing. The Bible is so relevant, no matter when it's preached. There's all kinds of good stuff in there. But one haunted house is based on fear and consumerism, and the other one is based on the fact that your fear and what oppresses you will one day be destroyed. One evokes anxiety. The other invokes hope. No longer do we have to be afraid of haunted houses, but we can be reminded that they are something to remind us one day we will be free. No longer will we be oppressed, but God will give us relief and reminds us that we are going to be safe and taken care of. That's what that passage is talking about. It's not something to scare you. And when they read this, it wasn't something scary. It was something to look for. This is a good haunted house. If I can say that. This is a good thing. The Babylon, the haunted house of Babylon is a good thing. It's a reminder that their oppressors were one day going to fall apart. It was a good thing. And if you read that passage, this very vivid passage, about what eventually happens to this ruler... That's going to fall apart. This amazing ruler, who was the most powerful person at that time. And here it's going to fall apart. But you will be safe. You will be taken care of. Whatever that oppresses you, whatever that causes you anxiety, will be taken care of. And it's a reminder that God will take care of his people. He will restore you to what his original plans were. So my question to you today is, what is causing you anxiety? What gives you great fear in the middle of the night? What keeps you awake as you toss and tumble and try to think about it? And you're trying to find out solutions, but you can't. What's causing you great deal of turmoil in your life to the point where it's affecting your mental health? It's affecting your relationship with your family, with your spouse. What's causing you to be so fearful? Isaiah reminds you that you are no longer bound to what oppresses you, but a time is coming when you will be free from your oppression. No longer will you be depressed when it rears up its ugly head in your life. No longer will anxiety paralyze you from doing what God wants you to do, but you will be free and able to walk boldly before God. Two haunted houses, one projects fear, one talks about being beat up and tortured for fun, and the other one is a reminder that you do not have to be fearful anymore. You do not have to be oppressed anymore. No more oppression, no more anxiety, no more worry. And a constant reminder I want to tell everyone here today is, we don't sell fear at this church. This is a safe place. And it will always be a safe place for everyone. We will always be a safe place. We do not need to sell fear. Thank you, Jesus. We don't sell fear this gospel of fear. What's been interesting, some churches have reacted against haunted houses and they made up their own houses. It's called hell houses. And it's people being tortured in hell as a reminder of where they're going to end up if they don't have the right relationship with God. We don't sell fear here, folks. We talk about Hope. All right? We're not trying to get to heaven so we can avoid hell. That's a lousy way to go to heaven. There's something better than that. There's dark rooms with empty clothes because they've been raptured up with people wondering what happened. Again, this idea of fear. That's the one thing I have about the end times when people talk about it. It's how are you talking about this end times? You know, People use fear like God's coming, God's coming. You better hurry up, God's coming. You better get your life right. God's coming. Oh, that's a good thing. That's not a scary thing. Thank God God's coming. We need a judge. And he's righteous. See, if you're afraid of God, then yeah, you'd be panicking. But, but if you realize he's a loving God, he has the best intentions for you. He has the best plans for you. You want him to come. It's not a scary thing. It's a gospel of hope, not a gospel of fear. Don't get caught up into the world right now. They like being told to be fearful. We're selling it. Good old consumerism. We're just selling it right now. Be fearful. Be afraid. Be afraid. And The church got along with it. Hell houses. Come on. There's a gospel of hope and good news. We do not sell fear and anxiety. And God has something better for us has good news for us if the musicians could come. We sometimes get in our mind that there's a certain way we have to get something done and and um this is the only way it's the only way God this is the only way it's gonna this is the only solution there is. and um you' you surprised when God surprises you? And he shows another way. I'm always shocked when God comes through with me. And he comes through with whatever I was praying for. And it never comes the way I expected it. So in the process, I'm fearful. I have anxiety. I'm worried. But God comes through. Please don't. Don't get tied up into the fear. Even the news right now, that's how they sell their newspapers. Good news doesn't sell, folks. Fear, anxiety, that's what sells. Nobody wants to know all the good things that are happening in the world. And this is a safe place. This will always be a safe place where you can struggle with your discipleship. We'll show you something better, but if you don't see it, that's okay. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Don't get shut out. No, no, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just telling me this voice in my head. It's, it's not, I'm not good enough, or you know I don't need to do that, or it's, it, it, I need you to just rebuke that voice in Jesus' name. No, you are good enough. You need to keep coming but I don't have everything together. Yeah, we don't. None of us do. I think i wear this jacket. This is, this is how we all look to Jesus. I have no sleeves. I was hoping it would be more dirty. I was trying to get it even more dirty than that. Like I was trying to get some dirt on me. As a reminder, this is how God sees everybody. <laughs> You're not perfect. You're messed up. But Jesus can restore you. Trust the process of discipleship. It's painful. It hurts. At times you want to get off and just go somewhere else. You just want to run. That's what God does sometimes. You don't want to deal with it. You've got all kinds of oppressed emotions and all kinds of garbage from your past. and, And there's stuff that you haven't dealt with. And God's just like bringing it up to the surface. It's like, come on. Let's deal with this now. I got something better for you. And he's not doing it to hurt you. No, he's doing it to help you. There is a better way, folks. Even though it doesn't feel that way, there's a better way. I love getting angry at God because I don't understand him. He doesn't make sense to me. But then it becomes clear, last moment, then I finally understand what he's trying to do. Please don't circumvent the process. Allow the Spirit of God to do its work. Keep coming. I don't know if I believe everything you guys believe. That's okay. They just keep coming. That's all right. You're in a different stage of discipleship. You're in a different place. That's okay. Just keep coming. Don't allow fear to prevent you from what God has in store for you. Don't allow these voices to tell you you're not enough. You don't matter. Your voice is obsolete. There's so much noise out there. It's not true. This is a gospel of hope. This is a gospel of good news. No, your voice is important. Yes, God does want you. No, 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 no. He, he wants, he has bigger fish he wants. No, no, he wants all his fish. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's going to take care of you? Do you believe he has something better for you? Or do you question his intentions? He's got a game of him. He's got an angle. I don't like this God. I know, I get it. I grew up on the streets. I think everybody has an angle. Everybody has some kind of angle. If you're talking to me, you're trying to sell me something, folks. Or you want something. No one genuinely just says hi. Sorry, folks, that's not how God works. He has something better for us. Please allow the Spirit to do the job. Keep coming. This is still a safe place to question. This is still a safe place to doubt. If you have doubt, God, bring that to the altar. Bring that here to church. Don't take it out somewhere else. Bring it here. You have questions about things. Good. As long as they're sincere and they're not to prove your point. Good. Let's talk about those questions. Let's see if we can find some answers for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Two houses. One sells fear. The other is a reminder of hope. I will be free one day, Keith. No longer will I be oppressed by my fear. No longer will I be told by other things, God. I will be free. No longer will anxiety rule my world. I will have peace. In this scary passage, if you read it, about maggots and worms and all kinds of stuff it's it's the entire time it's talking about peace the peace of the Lord we will have peace he will give us relief from your suffering and anxiety and from your hard labor thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Trust the process, trust the process. Keep, keep coming. Even though when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like it's not worth it, even when words and thoughts come in your mind that it doesn't matter. Don't let that devil take you out. Just keep coming, keep coming. Don't let fear prevent what God has in store for you. And then one day, It'll just happen. You'll understand. It becomes clear to you. No longer are you seeing a glass half full or dark or everything's just kind of foggy, but you'll fully, really, truly see what God saw all along. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, oh, you're such a good God. Lord, you see, God, all our blemishes, Jesus. You see, God, all our emotional scars. And I, God, that there is hope even for me. That you want me, Lord, that you want something better for me. Help me not, Lord, to sell out, God, to fear and worry and anxiety. Help me not, Lord, succumb my actions, Jesus, because I'm ever so fearful. But, Lord, let me realize that there is hope. Hallelujah, Jesus. That what you bring, God, isn't a gospel of fear, God. I don't have to worry about hell, Jesus. I just need to focus on you. God, that you have something better for me here right now, Jesus. You have a better life for me. And God, you'll continue to give the increase, Jesus. You'll continue to bless. You'll continue to touch, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, rosia la Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me be reminded of your hope, God. Help me, God, to encourage myself, Jesus in you, God, that you have something better for me. I'm tired, Lord, God, to dealing with the mental issues, Jesus, the mental illness, God. I'm tired of the anxiety, Lord, that paralyzes me, God. I'm tired of the fear that just washes up every so often, Jesus. I'm tired, Lord, God, of seeing everything in a dark glass, Jesus. I'm tired of seeing the empty rooms, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me see the good news. Let me see, God, the hope that there is, Jesus. There is hope. I'm talking to someone right now. There is hope. Don't give up. There's hope. Don't let that enemy take you away. There's hope. It's been so long without hope, Lord, but there's hope. I have hope. He's got something better in store. Jesus name Jesus. Oh let us receive your word right now Jesus. Oh there's hope Jesus Oh there's hope, Jesus. there's hope even when there I don't feel like there's hope, there's hope. Even when I find myself, God cradled God in a fetal position, there's hope. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. The altars are open. Oh, Jesus. 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 I don't see it, Lord. I don't see it, Jesus. Oh, there's hope, Jesus. There's hope, Lord. Free me from my oppressors, Jesus. Free me, God, from the cage of prison, God that I built myself, Lord. Oh, let me experience the freedom in you, Jesus. Oh, I have hope, Jesus. I have hope, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, there's hope, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Oh trust Jesus. I trust in you, God. another, 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 Oh Lord, I trust your intentions, God. Even though one doesn't feel good, Lord, I know you have what's best for me, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I rebuke God. Any fear in Jesus' name, I rebuke God. Those voices, Jesus, that are contrary to your word, Jesus. Let them fall silent, Jesus. Just like the desolate city of Babylon, Lord. Let them fall silent, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, you're a good God, Jesus. You're a good God. Oh, you have good intentions for me, Lord. You have good intentions for me, Jesus. You're not trying to hurt me, Lord. Oh, I'm tired of a gospel of fear being preached, Jesus. There's good news in your word. There's good news for my life, God. There's good news for my marriage, Jesus. There's good news, Lord God, with my relationship with my kids, Lord. I don't know when the last time I spoke to one of them, Jesus, but I know you have good things, God. there's good news jesus in my relationship with my family lord they've ostracized me jesus and isolated me but i know god one day you'll restore that oh god i deal with a great deal of doubt i've always had doubt in my life jesus since i was a kid i know lord that you'll take that doubt away that I can walk in confidence in your word, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Yes, yes, Jesus. Because, oh, look, look, look. Look, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm gonna receive that today. I'm gonna to abide in you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm gonna abide in you, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, lo, 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 thank you, God. Thank you, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So glad we serve such a good God. He's Such a good God. He's good. You have to keep telling yourself that. <laughs> you have to say it out loud. He's good. He's got good intentions for me. He's not trying to kill me. He's got good intentions for me, even though it feels that way. He's good. And he loves me. I don't have to work for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we have our uh, our movie tonight. So please, if you can be there, we'll have wonderful snacks. And uh, please say hi to somebody, huh? In Jesus' name.